Hello, and welcome back to the Magical Rehabilitation Podcast. Hi. We are here with your hosts, Megan and Hex. And we're happy to be back with you to uh, talk about another card in the tarot. And today we're going to talk about the hero fans, or what is it called? The high priest. Nice. Now, is there a reason why, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but is there a reason why they call it the Hierophant versus the High Priest, since we've got the High Priestess in the uh, earlier parts? Um, the Hierophant is more in line with that Christian teaching mm. versus the um, more esoteric, occult side of things. So I think it just depends on your choice of like spiritual framework right and since a lot of this is rooted in that um i forget what they call it but like the christian mysticism Mm. that's why i think they went with hierophant instead of high priest high priest sounds really occult That's not a bad thing. (laughs) I know people are like, the occult. Oh my God. But it's not a bad thing. (laughs) We had, we had, I had a good discussion with some people about occult versus like using the term magic and what that really looked like. Um, Which was interesting because I do think that, that, yeah, when I hear occult, I think of places where people aren't allowed versus some people think of a cult and it's just the things that are hidden and secret. And so they think of hidden and secret as like the things you can seek out versus I think of like the places that were gate kept from people being a part of them. And so like, it's one of those interesting things of what, what do you have in your head? Um, and how does That's that paint an image? Hmm. I wonder, I wonder where that comes from. Like, yeah. maybe it's like the way, like your spiritual background or something. That's an inter- that's an interesting shadow work question for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I think that could be a good thing. We come back to at some other point. I think, I think, uh, I think that's on our notes for for us to explore another day. But today we focus on the hero fat. Yep. Card number five in the Rider Waite tarot deck and. As we do every time. If you have a tarot deck, go ahead and pull out your Hierophant card. That way you can kind of get a visual representation of it in your mind's eye. Um, And if you don't have one, then Megan can explain it and give you that visual representation um, for anyone listening. Okay. You guys ready for this? So... The Hierophant, number five, at the top of the card here, we have a person seated, looking straight ahead, dressed in red robes. Um, The assumption is that it is a male figure because of the fact that um, when this was brought about, it was primarily men who had roles of uh, power inside of the church. And so we are assuming it is a male figure. The male figure has a very large three-tiered crown on their head. Um, 
They are seated on what looks to be a white or gray throne of sorts, and they're seated in between two gray pillars. Um, and the, the scene behind them is white. So this is kind of one of the first ones where we're not really seeing a lot of nature in the background. It's just a very plain, empty uh, space behind them. Underneath their red robes, they have a white tunic of some sort. And it looks like there is some blue um, robes underneath poking out. They have a collar that is white and covers their head. Um, it looks like they also have a head covering underneath their crown. There is a strip of white coming down the front of their robes. And on that, there are three crosses and there's a diamond at the bottom of the strip. At the very bottom, um, you can see their shoes poking out from underneath their robes. And those are white with crosses on them. Um, the floor that they are their the throne is on is red. Um, it looks like it could be a carpet. Um, it has some symbols on it that are circles with X's in them. And then there is a checkerboard pattern coming out in two strips from either side of their feet, on either side of their feet, coming towards the front. Now you see in the front there are two figures. Looks like they're probably kneeling as they look up at the Hierophant. They have bald spots on their head so we, and short hair, so again, assuming male figures. They each have a different set of robes on. So the one on the left side is wearing a robe with red roses on it, and the one on the right side is wearing a robe with what I'm assuming are palm ferns on it. Um, and so we're looking back at things we've seen before are showing up again. At the middle bottom in front of the Hierophant are a pair of keys that are crossed. So they're skeleton keys. They've got circles with X's in them on um, the head of them. And the keys themselves, the um, key part, are pointing upwards as they cross um, towards the Hierophant. In the Hierophant's hands, which we have not talked about yet, in the left hand, He's holding a staff of some sort that has three bars going across the top. It looks to be made of gold. And then in their right hand, they have their two uh, peace fingers up together, um, similar to the way that the magician had their hand up. So we've got two pointer fingers up, the pinky and middle finger down, and the thumb is up with the pointer and middle finger as well. Um... And I think that is the majority of it. The columns on either side are pretty plain stone columns. There does look to be some um, foliage in the very top, um, but for the most part, it is uh, very plain in the background. For the most part, the focus is on the Hierophant in red and its two attendants in the bottom, who also have yellow in their robes. I think I forgot to mention that. So anything I missed that we want to mention? I think you covered it all pretty well, so, yeah. Um, do you want to start anywhere in particular, or? I think the crowns are always a very interesting place to start, because every crown we've seen so far in the Arcana has been different. So what do we know about this, this crown here? So it's what's called a triple diadem, 
And the cap, the little white cap underneath is called a camelicum. And it comes from like the old, ye olden times in the Byzantine era. era. Um, basically, it's just about, the thing is, is like it's three and this is repeated a lot on this card is threes. And it's talking about the three different levels of spiritual authority, basically. Mm. And so that's kind of what that's hearkening to. And it's a status symbol back in the day, but whatever. <laughs> so what they're trying to denote with the crown is the three different levels of spiritual authority with that authority saying that they are a person of authority which is pretty interesting. I guess there's like even more intricate stuff, but I don't know about that. I just briefly like, like saw that that was a thing. Cause I think there's like 15 little peaks or something. So there's like three levels. I think there's five. Um, maybe, yeah. Five of those little, uh, whatever they are, little peaks. And then since there's three levels and five peaks, that makes 15. So there's something about those numbers, but I don't know what those numbers mean in that context. I just know that's a thing. Um, maybe somebody else knows, in which case, tell me because I want to know, but I don't. Um, I do, however, know about the three levels of spirituality, basically. Do you? Or I do, do not. You? So I would like to hear about that. Okay, or so, maybe I do, and I just don't know it in this context. So let's find out. <laughs> right. Um, that's totally a thing, too, where you're like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, so basically, you have – there's, like, this whole esoteric thing, um, but essentially you just have the breath, the light, and the fire, a.k.a., like, kind of, like, the elements. So what you have is, like – nature neighbor and spirit so you know you have these hierarchies of the spirituality and that encompasses that kind of connection to god so the whole thing is the connection to god spirit you know and like that then you have you know man in the middle and nature mm -hmm. at the bottom so the cross is also symbol or not the cross um well, it's a triple cross, the scepter in his hand. Yep. That is a triple cross, and that's also symbolizing the same thing. So that's echoed in the crown and in the scepter, that kind of, like, triplicity. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Nature, man, God, yep. Yep, because, mm -hmm. you know, we got we to gotta say that we... We are above nature, but then we are below God, and that, that totally, yep, that tracks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that super Christian mysticism. Um, but there's, like, this whole thing, um, which I thought was super interesting in that Letters of, of the Tarot book. Basically, they're talking about um, re spiritual respiration, it, like, breathing, which, you know, like, yogic concept of pranayama, like, breath control, mm -hmm. breath work, and, like, bringing spirit into you. So, with this spiritual respiration, they're talking about the vertical respiration and horizontal respiration. And the vertical mm -hmm. is 
basically God to man and man to God. And the horizontal is basically bringing out like what's in to out and what's out to in, which I was like, that's really fascinating. But this whole thing came about because of the position of the hand, um, the right just kidding. The right hand is holding the scepter and the left hand is actually, that is the symbol of benediction. I guess that's like a prayer. Do I have it backwards? No, the uh, hands I are think, in the right position. I don't know. I think it's I, right. Right is a okay. left is holding scepter. Right. Okay. So the right hand is in the symbol of benediction, which I guess is like a prayer. Yep. Benediction is prayer. I didn't know that word, so there you go. Eggs Benedict. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the hand is holding the scepter, so basically what they are doing is bringing in the prayer from God and giving that blessing. And so this is that act of respiration, bringing the blessing down and out. So I don't know. I thought that whole like respiration thing was super interesting, and I could go like, probably talk on that for like an hour so I'm not going to but that comes back into that three where it's prayer knowledge grace suffering mm -hmm. you know and consolation there's the two three plus two is five right so you have like effort and results extroversion to introversion but you also have the you know, extroversion of nature, neighbor, and spirit, and introversion of, like, God, and how that comes into your body, and, like, yeah, so, anyway, that's the crown and the scepter, <laughs> in, in the hand of benediction, 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 like, well. Benedict Cumberbatch, I'm just kidding, yes, <laughs> which is like I wondered where that name came from but now I know because it's like saying it's like naming your kid Grace which is pretty yeah. cool actually yeah I didn't and know it's, it's still used in the Catholic Church now and then I'm sure in all the Orthodox churches so it's it's a more it's a much more formal version of providing blessings to the people who are there um to witness what's going on right and I think that's interesting that they have it in such a formal, like, blessing situation because that is the essence of the Hierophant is that it is a formal, you know, like, investigation of spirituality or knowledge or whatever. So that being the ritual process of it and this kind of, like, you have the trappings of the spiritual and that those trappings, the hand gesture you know, the mudra, the scepter, the crown, the robes, all of those things are going to give you that spiritual benediction, the grace, the, you know, connection to the universe, whatever you want to call it. All right, so moving on, let's talk about the pillars. Yeah, let's do that. And so it's interesting because when we've seen pillars, when we saw pure pillars, in the high priestess, they um, they were definitely different, right? So we kind of saw a difference between the two pillars um, because one was light, one was dark. but And one had one letter and the other had a different letter. These are the same. So they are identical pillars on either side of, of the hierophant here in the middle um, between them. 
So and they what? are calling back to those pillars in the high priestess. So this is an intentional callback to those. Um, in case you were like, what? <laughs> that's on purpose. I believe it. it. Is, yeah. So that's like talking about, you know, the temple of Solomon and the all of those aspects that we covered in the high priestess. Those pillars definitely symbolize that too. And you can look at the duality, masculine, feminine, you know, like God, nature, etc. So that's kind of why they represent that too. And mm. it, there is, I guess the throne in the middle would be like kind of a third thing. So you have yeah. the two and then the three. That's just like a theme here. And what is two? Two is the high priestess, right? Yep. And three is the empress. So then we have two plus three. And this is like this whole card, the whole vibe here is that connection between nature as like the foundation and the higher God and yep. all of that coming into this very formal setting of spirituality. You can't take the numbers out of tarot. <laughs> the The numerology of it is so like entwined with it. So even though it seems almost like like, I feel kind of um, conspiratorial when I'm like, and the two and the three and the two plus three equals five and the five times three is 15. It's like, that is what it is. <laughs> it is very much like the three crosses, but then there's like on his robe and but there's five crosses because there's two on his feet. Two plus three is five. Like, there's so much of that that is on purpose to get you to think about how this all kind of like weaves into itself and to call up different things um, that we've already encountered so far. So yeah, the two pillars, high priestess, just in case um, you got lost in all my math. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the robes. Yeah. So he's got the red robe and so red, as we know, so that's what's on the outside. And we saw this in the emperor too, right? So mm -hmm. there's a, a red robe on the outside because that's the foundation. That's This is the person that holds the foundational information that he is sharing with the people who come to him for more knowledge on God and spirit and using that in their life. So that's what he's representing in those red robes. So that's why... Um, red is so prominent here it's it's a foundation it's where we get that root information from they have it to share with you and that's why it's on the outside versus he's got white and blue underneath and so that again just like uh, and we saw in the emperor the things close are is that spiritual connection so you can see that the things that they keep very close to them are, is the white and the blue that's that connection to understanding spirit to understanding intuition to understanding life and that's that's what's um really close to him and the fact that his shoes are in fact white so the emperor wore armor he's not wearing armor he's wearing shoes he's wearing something that is comfortable um well i mean they're pointy so who knows how comfortable they really are 
but the idea is that he's not dressed for battle. He's dressed in slippers. <laughs> he's dressed in something comfortable as he sits here and shares his knowledge with the world around him. Um, and so that's where all of that kind of ties in together and where those colors are. So yeah, you definitely see some emperor morphing. So going from from pulling all that knowledge in that natural setting, that environment where he's outside and he's um, done the things and he knows the things that way. And now we're morphing into this space of being inside and being in a temple because you've got your pillars and being you've got carpet on the floor. You're still on a throne though because you have that information that's grounding you down into the world. Um, but then we're sharing it out. So that's why the colors are very much um, very similar as you, if you hold up the emperor next to the hierophant, very similar color pattern going on as far as that goes. Um, but it's much more muted in the background because you're focusing on the hierophant. What do they have to share with you? I also think like the robes, it almost looks like the high priestess wearing the emperor's robes you mm, know? yeah which that definitely like calls back to me and the pillars as well right so the high priestess and i i'm like looking at it and that's what i see i see like the high priestess stepping into that seat of authority essentially being able to kind of call and say okay so i have spent time with the universe i've spent time with you know the god form and all of this i've taken the thoughts and i can now dispense them to you through these rituals that i've learned through my practices that's kind of like what that robe situation you know like the the three layers of the robes symbolize to me like you said the spirituality and then the blue like hearkening back to the high priestess um and then the red to the emperor, that seat of authority and power and passion. Um, yeah. And then we would be remiss not to mention the, th the three crosses down the front, which I think that's just very Catholic. Like that's how the Catholic, yeah. And then yeah. the two crosses on the shoes, five crosses in total. It was funny. Card. I was looking. I was looking at the card before we got on to record. And I was like, "Oh, he's wearing Pope shoes," because that's just <laughs> in my head what I think of. It. Now I have to look. I, I have to look up and see if the Pope does in fact wear white shoes with crosses on them. But I would not be surprised if the Pope wears white shoes, white pointy shoes with crosses on them. <laughs> I wonder if they all wear them. You know, and yeah. don't bishops wear red? Mm, I. Maybe. I mean, oh, no, I have to, that's what I meant. Yeah. I, I have to look and see. Cause I mean, there's, I don't remember what the base color people wear are like their regular everyday robes. And then obviously there are always special occasion robes, but right, yeah, right. Cardinals might always wear red robes that, that, that does yeah. make sense. <laughs> yeah. So interesting, which yeah. maybe that's why it's not called the Pope and it's called the Hierophant. Because the Pope Maybe. wears white. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so that's what I think of. I think of the high priestess, and then we have the white that symbolizes the spiritual, and the red that symbolizes the, the roots and the combination of those, right? And then yep. we have the little guys on the bottom. Yeah. 
We have the flowers on the tunic and you know what roses symbolize, right? Yes. Yes. Roses with the passion. And um, so we got that. And you know what? I said that it was palm leaves, but now I'm looking at it again and they look like white lilies on a green background. So I was looking at the green with the white spaces going, oh, those are leaves, you know, like we saw in uh, the high priestess where she's got the the palm leaves behind her. But I think we're actually going back to the magician Mm. where we've got the red roses and the white lilies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. I could decipher the roses, but I had no idea what those were. So I think you're right. I think they are lilies. Yeah. I thought they were doves and they're definitely not doves. I was just like poorly drawn doves. Maybe. I don't know. So I wear glasses for anyone who doesn't know. I can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think they're the lilies for the rebirth and for new knowledge. Um, Yeah. And and that that. takes us back to the magician. I love that. I think you're right. And then we have the yellow. And the yellow is that kind of like creative space and that like, uh, what am I looking at? The word I'm looking for, like create, like birthing the uh, knowledge and and bringing things into that process of uh, externalizing them, right? Yep. Yeah, because they're um, they're they're there to learn, um, right? As, assume, we're assuming that they're there to learn from the hierophant. That the whole point that they're there is um, to gain the knowledge that the hierophant has to share with them. So the interesting thing about the two figures is, I mean, they're like friars, right? Because the friars mm-hmm. always shave their heads in that way, um, so that they had the bald spot. But what I think is interesting is that on some cards, it's a woman and a child, Hmm. which would then represent the Holy Trinity of, you know, like God, the Virgin Mary and the child, um, the Christ child. But then it's also like, well, there were back to three, right? Yep. And then I guess if you don't want to look at it from like the Christian point of view, you can also look at it as um, father, mother, child and Osiris, Isis, Horus, which I thought was actually super cool. Um, And I guess that kind of goes back to high priestess again with the Isis vibes. Um, But yeah, so I think that's interesting. The three figures in the card and that kind of like, trilogy of archetypes that you can kind of put on it so yeah yep and then we've got two keys in between Mm -hmm. and so i'm pretty sure that those are the keys of knowledge right so they're being handed they have the ability these two figures have the ability to take keys of knowledge that they're gaining from from the hierophant here um and that's why they are there at the same level as the people and at the hierophant's feet. So there are things that he has mastered. He understands this information and he's giving them, giving that information out to these, these people who are here to learn from him. Yep. And they could also be the keys of St. Peter's keys. To mm-hmm. the gates of heaven to the wisdom that is contained within there and all of that benediction and grace that comes with dying in the Christian realm. Right. So 
I'm really excited to talk about the uh, checkers, the checkered pattern at his feet, though. Yes, let's talk about that because I noticed it. And then again, with my slight dipping into the occult, I'm pretty sure checkers were a big part of um, things that the Golden Dawn and Masonic temples have, but I don't know if it has anything to do with this card. So what's going on with the checkers? So they symbolize duality, like yin yang. And yeah, I know it's like, oh, duh. But like, it's so cool. I just think it's so exciting. So it's, it's about that kind of, you know, like in and out, you know, male, female, yin yang, etc. So I just thought that was so I was like, Oh, what a what a smart touch. Like, <laughs> just I think like it's interesting strips. that he's within like his feet are within the checkers, mm. right? Because they're two small yeah. strips on either side. But his the his hands are outside. Like if you look at the alignment, like so he's You're both right. in and outside of those checkers. Ooh, in and outside of the duality. Yes. Almost creating that third space of neither the non-binary mm-hmm. space um and so that's interesting too i like that yeah i want to make sure that that's everything that i wrote down because i make notes so that i don't forget <laughs> yeah that's that's what i got i think that's really fun though um the duality of it and i really like that And then I think, like, I wrote down a lot of random knowledge about this card um, because it does get so esoteric. And, like, obviously all of tarot is super esoteric, but the hero fan in particular lends itself to that extra layer of, you know, like, deep mystical ritual wisdom that just feels, I mean... We should probably talk about how this card feels, right? Because this card feels bad in a way, especially if you have religious trauma, which most people probably do, especially if you come from that, you know, Christian culture, which isn't a bad thing. It's not knocking Christians. It's just saying um, if you're in witchy spaces, a lot of people do come with backgrounds in religious trauma, which is It is what it is. So this card can feel kind of bad. But at the same time, when we're talking about esoteric slash occult things, it can be kind of exciting because you're like, ooh, I get the rituals and the high magic and all this kind of like all these things that seem like this new realm that I I've wandered into this space of wisdom that that was not denied me, but I just didn't know existed, right? So it's it's kind of exciting in a way. And and it's the hero friend and it's the Pope and that has that kind of like very, very loaded experience with that. So I don't know if you want to talk more on that. But. So the hero friend is near and dear to my heart because it's my personal card. So um, and that was that was interesting because of all the things you you, you just mentioned, um, Hex. So when I first got into tarot and I started learning, you know, one of the, the things that does come up is the fact that you can take your birthday and reduce it down to get a card that is supposed to be 
your soul card connection to um, the major arcana. And so when my birthday gets reduced down, it's a five. And the other interesting thing is this year for me is also a five year. So like the fact that we're here doing this tarot podcast on my five year that we kicked it off and started it feels so fitting for me because the Hierophant is this idea that you can gain knowledge through going to talk to someone, right? But if it's my card, guess what? I get to be that person. <laughs> and so while they're talking about this idea, so so the idea, I think a lot of the bad feeling is the fact that you have to go to someone who is gatekeeping the information from you. That's That's the block. That's the block everybody gets. Why do I have to go talk to some old white guy to tell me how to get my spirituality, right? That's that's where you feel stuck. But if we instead kind of think about the idea of like learning from someone is not bad. And I think that's a really big thing that we need to kind of, we have all the information within us, but it's not always easy to, to needle that out of our own brains. You know, sometimes going to someone who, um, has more knowledge helps us. That's why there are coaches. That's why there are mentors. That's why there are elders in your community. And we don't really have a lot of that elder relationship right now. I feel like we've become a lot more individualized in the way the U.S. does things. Um, for anyone who's listening outside of the U.S., I don't know what your experience is like, can only speak to mine, but in the U.S. it's very individualized. And people are moving away from churches, people are away, moving away from organized religions for all sorts of reasons. And so then you've got the Hierophant, and the Hierophant is this image of someone who's in a church position telling you whether or not you have access to God. But we can flip that. And it's not telling you whether or not you have access, but how can you get better access? How can you tap into what you have inside of you and understand how to access that? Um, I know, Hex, you and I have both studied um, some yogic traditions, and um, the idea of a guru is very popular. But there's always a little twist on that, right? There are the people who look to a guru as the person who is the ultimate authority. And then there are people who go to gurus more for just help me unlock what's inside of me. And it's a big difference. There's a big difference on how you approach the hierophant. Are you are you worried that they are going to tell you you're not good enough? That's something you need to work on. And maybe we're going to the wrong gurus. Maybe we're going to the wrong elders. Maybe we're going to the wrong people who do want to gatekeep. But that's not always there. The hierophant is, is within you. How can you tap into that information? How can you find exactly what you're looking for? And who do you need to, maybe you do need to find a guide. Maybe you do need to find a teacher. Maybe you do need to find somebody to help you along your journey, but we're not asking you to like give up your authority to them. It's more like, Hey, if you need the guidance, it's out there. You can find it. And if that's a book, that's a book. If it's a person, it's a person. If it's a community that has elders, that's fantastic. And so I do think that there's often this look of rigidity to it, and that's valid. But I also think that that we just need to kind of be more curious about it because 
like the idea that I can be here doing a podcast with Hex to help you better understand the tarot is hella hierophant. Like that's super hierophant of me. Um, and I love it. And that's it's something I absolutely love doing. I've always loved teaching. I've loved breaking down information into new ways for people to understand and, and gain knowledge. So um, I think I think there's a lot of that in this card. Um, and I probably just spoke for a little bit long. So if we want to talk about anything oh else. Oh my God, no, you're fine. I love everything you said. It's so true. And it reminded me like of what we were talking about before. Um, how sometimes we can like give away our information and think that we don't have any reason to like charge for it or be in a position of authority about it. But we have spent the time to master that information and to really integrate it into self. And there is like something important about seating yourself in that position of authority and allowing people to actually take that information from you and to honor you for that, that needs to be recognized. So the Hierophant can actually be kind of like that call to empowerment, right? Like anyone who is in a, in a position, even the Pope, right? Like we don't have to like Christianity or, you know, like the Pope or anything that represents and the Pope represents somebody who has worked to really embody and sit with the word of God um, in their tradition and to move into that space of authority and to be honored by their peers as somebody who truly embodies that to the best of, you know, the ability possible. Right. So like, any person who's going to sit at your feet and ask you for wisdom is saying like, you are that incarnation of wisdom that is the best for me personally. And I honor you for that. And that's like really important. So everything that you were saying kind of just like, that's what was coming up for me is just like remembering that part of that, um, you know, that you can be, you can be that person too. And when you do find that person, that is really important as well, you know, um, to honor them and to kind of like, like you said, not just look to them as the ultimate authority, but look to them as an authority that can help you to kind of like tease out what's inside of you. Because the whole point is they're people, they're not like a spiritual representation, right? Like, these are people, they're archetypes, but the person archetype is saying that ultimately there's a limit, right? God is limitless, but we, nature, man, we have limits. So no matter what, the hero fan is a limited position. It's limited truth. It can only take you as far as you are able to go, like, I could only take you as far as you're able to go, right? And I have a limit. There is a term of expiration for me where I will no longer exist in this capacity, right? And so then my knowledge lives on through anyone who wanted to sit at my feet and hear what I had to say. And then they can become the hero fan in that situation, right? So this is kind of like that 
respiration, right? That um, Mm -hmm. spiritual respiration and talking about like the truth and the way that that externalizes and internalizes, right? So, yeah, I mean, as far as it goes, I guess like for me, I didn't really have any connection to the hero camp, but after kind of like really sitting with the card for the past, you know, however long um, to do the podcast, then it really made me think about it in this different way that it is actually like a blessing and it's kind of like a call to empowerment, which is kind of, it's kind of like a good thing, you know, like be the Pope of your life. Like that's kind of dope, you know, like to inhabit that energy because that's like, you know, you are the Supreme one in your own space. And so that's, that's a big deal. And if you can really see yourself as um, inhabiting this higher level of knowledge that you can dispense to people, no matter what it's about, that you can tell your truths, then that's kind of, that's important too. And that is being the hero friend in whatever situation, like it could be literally about, you know, how to play Zelda, right? (laughs) The Zelda video game. And that is still like, that is still being like the hero fan in your specific realm of knowledge and truth. Right. So I think that's, I think it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that, I think the way that we now have what, what we have with the whole social media and having access to people does mean that you can, you do have more, of chances to really tap into that knowledge you have that is good for other people. And, um, I, since I started doing more of like my own business, right. I started following more people on Instagram and now on threads who are more like businessy coach people. Right. And so a lot of the things that get brought up are, share your message. How many tarot podcasts are out there? There's probably a bunch of them, but there's no tarot podcast that's you and me talking about these things together, having our ideas out for others to hear and see if they resonate with. And that's different. And so we have this ability in social media now to do that and just get the opportunity to just like talk about it. How many manifestation coaches are out there? There There's so many and it has so many ups and downs. And there's some that are definitely work for some people because you vibe with it and you're like, oh yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. And other people are like, I don't trust any of that. And that's cool too. You'll find your, your grind person that you want to go watch and like learn how to be a hustle machine. Like that's cool too. Everybody has their own thing that they really vibe with. And, and you don't have to tie yourself to any one hero fan. You don't have to tie yourself to any one guru. You have the ability to question everything and be curious about everything as it shows up and decide if it doesn't work for you anymore. This person's message, that person is allowed to change and you're allowed to change as well. And so don't don't feel like if you find someone that you are vibing with right now that you have to always vibe with them. That message may not be good. And so I think that's part of the thing that is also a little sticky for people about the Hierophant because it's so tied to the church. And the church gets to a point where like, 
this is the only way, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's that lesson of like, I am the person, but we have to take things out of that context and make them work for us because that's the only way to do it. If I go to a Catholic um, service now, so I am not Catholic anymore. I grew up Catholic, but I can sit there and see the amazing rituals that are going on in that space. I have to disconnect from the things I don't like about the Catholic church. But if I walk into a cathedral, oh my goodness, the awe that fills my body walking into a Catholic cathedral, those places are amazing because there's this, this ritual and there's adornment all over the walls. And sure, some people look at that and they're like, oh, that's gaudy. Why do you need all that for God? But also, do you feel how that feels inside of you if you're willing just to take in the wonder of it? Like, that's why temples are the way they are. That's why churches are in the splendor that they are because they want to elicit awe and and wonder inside of you so that you can then feel the awe and wonder of whatever spiritual being you're trying to call in for your guidance and your information. And so the Hierophant has his crown, he's got his fancy shoes, he's got his scepter, so that you also can see that awe in a person as they go to embody that spirit within them to then share with you. And I think it, like what you touched on there, brings up the shadow side of the card, which is that there's only one way to do it. And, you know, like look at all these fancy, you know, like accoutrements. And so that makes it this, this kind of like, you know, what do they say? Gaslight girl boss gatekeeper, whatever, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Um, that that's kind of the vibe, right? And so it's like we're gonna show you all these cool things and make you feel this sense of awe and wonder because it's so cool. And you know, you see this with like coaches and whatever online too. It's like they have the most aesthetic feed and they have like such a pretty, like, you know, perfect skin and like the most well like beautiful outfit like professional photography blah 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 whatever and so it's like all the trappings of it and then you know it's like okay but is that really it so there's a lot of pomp and circumstance but there's no there's no like content right so that can be the shadow side of it as well that things are so definitive do it my way or you know you're not you're going to hell right um, look at all the cool stuff, but there's actually no substance there, you know? Mm -hmm. like, so there is that shadow side to it, which whenever you feel those things, when you think of like, you know, Christianity and the hero fan or whatever, you are seeing the shadow side of the card and you can kind of look to that feeling and say, where is that manifesting in my life in myself, you know? And then look at the other aspect of it. Like you were talking about the awe, because if you think about it, this this kind of goes to like the historical aspect of stuff. If you situate it in history, then what people had was the church as a gathering space. Mm -hmm. The church was the space. And so where people didn't have a whole lot to like make wonderful in their house, that could happen at the church and the church would be a protected space for that to kind of like live on. So 
that's why you have these beautiful cathedrals and you have mm-hmm. these, you know, amazing stained glass windows and like, you know, murals painted on the ceilings and frescoes and all this kind of like just breathtaking artwork because that was a protected central communal space where everyone could share in that. And so the church had the resources to kind of like continue pushing art forward and to allow people to express themselves, even if it was in ultimate devotion to God. I mean, oh, well, like that is why it is such a breathtaking space. And so those things, you can think about it from that perspective of like, well, unfortunately it was gatekept through Christianity, or you can think about it in, you know, an expression of talent and an expression of grace, a benediction, a blessing, right? So, I mean, there's a lot going on, (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind of fun. And not to say that any of this disconnect is easy. I mean, I haven't been a practicing Catholic for, what year are we in? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's it's been a while okay and i've had some time to kind of you know dis disconnect a little bit some of those feelings and i still have them i mean it's not i still think that there's a lot of stuff that is washed away because of it there's there's a lot there but it is just an invitation if you are wanting to get curious about your feelings about this card to kind of think about these other options too and kind of work towards maybe making it feel a little less mm, uncomfortable when you pull the card, see ways that you can see the joy and, and awe in this card instead of just the gatekeeping. I'm not letting you through this kind of thing. Kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, my feelings of the occult bringing up one thing in my head when it could mean a lot of other things too. Um, and it's something yeah, we definitely. we all get to work through. All right. So, do you have anything else that you want to say about the hierophant? No, I think that covered um, a lot, and I think it was it was worth having a deeper conversation. I know that in some of the other cards, we haven't quite had as many words about the general being of the card, but I do think this is our first really sticky card that we've come across that we've need to kind of (laughs) dive deep on like gender aside you know like this is definitely one especially in especially in this era right now that we're living in where we kind of have this like christian you know nationalistic Mm -hmm. stick going on i mean that is just so much and i think that looking at a card that fundamentally like oozes Christianity, Mm -hmm. it can be kind of um, discontenting, but I am just, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I have religious trauma. I just have very strong opinions. Right. So I choose to look at it as representations of God, of oneness, of, unity of the universe spirit whatever you want to call it it really doesn't matter and those crosses are essentially just like when you put the x in christianity the x is just the symbol for christ right Mm -hmm. so you're not actually taking christ out of it you're just putting Christianity, which is christ so 
it's the same thing. It's just shorthand for God or for universe or for oneness. And so that's how I'm choosing to look at it instead of like putting this layer of, you know, like the Pope, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, that's fine. Like the Pope is fine, whatever, but that's not my shtick. So I'm just going to look at it as shorthand for God. And that has really helped me to see this part in a different more benign light than this kind of like messy like well yep. whatever you know definitely so, all right i guess we kind of covered like how we would see it in our everyday lives right yep. like manifesting the hierophant and yeah i think so i think we talked about a lot of that just a lot of it's social media and podcasts for me. That's my mundane way of the hierophant, finding the person who's able to talk, distill their knowledge down into a way that I am able to get that information and then deciding if I want to take their course or, you know, buy their book or whatever. So yeah, I, I think that's our, our mundane, modern hierophant yeah. example. Yeah. I definitely feel that. And I think for me, it's also in the relationships I have with other people. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're that person who's like, this is how we're going to do it. And so you're teaching the process. And sometimes you're the person that's listening to the process. And, you know, especially being parents, we definitely see that a lot where you are the dispenser of knowledge <laughs> to the sometimes unwilling recipients. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah all right so for me do you have or I think I'm good and that's it for me but do you have a meditation that you want to do sure okay <sighs> deep breath let it out maybe shake a little bit because we talked about a lot of sticky stuff here okay Unstick yourself. So, as you pull the hierophant, tap into your personal connection to spirit. How can you bring spirit out in a way that feels like you have it to share with the world? Through spirit, is it your art? Is it your video games? Is it your cooking? What is it that you feel so strongly within you that you would love to share that with the world? How can you? Can you share your keys of knowledge with others? If it's not yours to share, but instead you are searching, who might you reach out to, to learn more, to sit at their feet in awe and gather their wisdom for you to grow and learn and move on with wonderful new nuggets of knowledge. Take a moment and embody the Hierophant knowing that you have all the power within you you need and that you are willing and able to step in and sit in front of others and share your light.
with the world. And with that, I think we have covered the Hierophant in a wonderful way. We've definitely covered the Hierophant. <laughs> thank you so much. That was beautiful. And thank <sighs> everyone for listening. We appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We have so much fun doing this, and we are happy to continue making our way through uh, through the deck. What's next week? What's on What's on deck? Uh, card number six. I don't remember which one that is. Is it strength? The lovers. The lovers. I'm so bad at remembering the order. <laughs> I know it's it is hard. I think that it helps that last year was a lovers year and this year is a chariot year. So I just there know the numbers because it just happened. I know you have a good memory. <laughs> Only well, if thank I, you for listening and everyone have a good rest of your experience. <laughs> Bye for now.